3: I'll give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there, surviving in the wilderness, full grown by now. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood that Friday the 13th. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night and that he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again
1: well it looks like another radical retro rewind podcast is here it is friday i am ryan hunter and i am joined by rob this week
4: i'm back everyone for the sequel
1: (laughs) i'm so happy to have you on your favorite movie of the series and also the first time we get jason in the sense of jason as a killer
4: Yes, that is right. We meet Baghead himself, Mr. Voorhees.
1: (laughs) So if anyone who's joining us now doesn't know, Rob and I are in the middle of summer camp. So what we're doing is, on both of our respective podcasts, Rob on Movie Geek and Proud is doing movies earlier in the week on Wednesdays. And he's doing the lighter sense of summer. The fun, the school, the trips the working. Here we're doing the death. But Rob, you just did Adventureland on Wednesday this week.
4: That's right. Yeah. So in addition to the summer camp themed films, there are other activities and locations that people have to go through during the summer. So I incorporated summer jobs as well as summer school and other activities. And so this past Wednesday, I did a film about a kid who had to take a summer job because his parents financially no longer can support him going to college the following fall. So he takes a job at a carnival and he becomes a carny for the summer and this also takes place in the 80s. It's called oh, a- yeah. it's called Adventureland. So yeah, I did a solo review. It's pretty short but I did add on a quarantine quickie which is a small review of a movie that I watched during quarantine last year which also has a summer theme. So check that out if you like Adventureland at Movie Geek and Proud, a movie podcast on on most streaming podcast apps.
1: I feel like in amusement park, you can't get any more summer than that. I mean, that is pure summer enjoyment. I mean, yeah. unless you live in a Florida or California, like <clears throat> some of us do. Yeah. Uh,
4: I can only imagine sort of the tedious and repetitive job it takes to like handle rides or deal with the carney games or whatever the case may be. This was my first watch watching the film too. So yeah, my opinion and review on there is from a first take, so...
1: I can't wait to listen to what Rob thinks of it, because I haven't seen it since the initial viewing of it. And as I always say, the only reason I did go to see this was because A, the 80s, but B, because this is based on the adventure land on Long Island that I grew up with. Ah, uh, yeah. And if anyone might have been a listener from the beginning, Rob and I did a an early episode on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I mentioned that there was an amusement park that had this tree monster that you could hear throughout the whole entire park. And this was from this Me Adventureland. It does not look anything like the movie makes it look to be. But I love that it's in theory based on this park, and you get the eighties music as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So Rob this is a big one this is Friday the 13th part 2 1981 a year after the original and what I love about this is evidently this came out right before Halloween 2 so this actually beat Halloween 2 in the theaters but Friday was based on taking the popularity of a movie like Halloween which was a holiday-esque movie so I love that it A started as something to cash in on Halloween but then ended up now even coming up with a sequel before Halloween even came out with one I mean
4: strike while the iron's hot honestly both franchises were supposed to be anthology movies right there was never supposed to be a Michael Myers after the first one and honestly there was no plan to do a Jason film like we were supposed to get another horrific setting and feature and and situation that possibly took place on Friday the 13th we were not supposed to get the same for Halloween Halloween was supposed to have a different story behind the holiday and we weren't even supposed to get Michael Myers so we have two horror icons that were born because we were so fascinated with the story that was given to us in the first one and I think that's probably why the first one was such a mystery and so it's just like oh solve the mystery now let's just move on to something else you know it's a tragic story we'll just let the world in 2021 think was that really the boy that came out or was that a dream we will never know but nope they decided to age him 30 years and then
1: (laughs) yeah it's so funny and if anyone wants a history too of things that are happening currently with this franchise Rob's other podcast yes this man is a very busy man he has a horror themed podcast along with his friend Nate and they did a few episodes back on his premiere episode of his return did a little history of where the rights are with the Friday the 13th characters but it's funny that jason really was meant to not be a thing yeah and then the fact that this is he became a character in his own regards yeah so in between movies we see alice the hero of the last movie she in that canoe scene at the end she sees teen or or child jason so we're never explained in the sense of did did he just kind of like grow up really quickly after that was it a spirit what was all that was it hallucination
4: well that's the thing you know this movie in between part one and two is a year so what she saw was not a child it was either an entity or in her head we don't know but that's Mm. that's something that i don't know if i should bring up now or later depending on when you want me to talk about it but jason is already a grown man right so was he in hiding this whole time and, and you know Jenny our antagonist talks about this in a later scene where what was he doing this whole time you know did he raise himself what was he eating off of but the thing was is that Jason never revealed himself to his mom that he was alive this whole time you know and and if he did witness her dying you know he obviously grabs her you know head or whatever and keeps yes. it so he was around this whole time and he never revealed himself to her and it's just like he's a grown man what, what was he doing this whole time why was he or did the mom know did pamela know about him and she still wanted to act out a revenge but then subconsciously she's you know she's all schizo right so right so the timeline is a little weird but i don't think he's a zombie he's not dead he's not a he's not an evil entity he's a he's an actual human being but so i mean a lot of those questions are are in this and you're just like how how does this grown man like we'll, we'll talk about it but yeah
1: and to the point of the zombie i feel like you're right this is this is a living breathing man at this point in jason this is not a magic mystical supernatural jason it, it, it
4: comes into play and and that's only because of how he's able to take on so much damage and harm to his body and still get up. So everyone probably assumes he's not of this world or something to be taking all of that because normal human beings would die.
1: Right, right. So You would think. yeah.
4: <laughs> but yeah, I really like this one. If people know Jason, they know him mostly for his um, hockey mask. But
3: mm. we don't
4: get the hockey mask until the next film. So we are introduced to Jason as he's sort of getting into his Identity
1: Evolution of Jason, and right? Exactly. It's so crazy. Yeah,
4: so uh, I do like this one because, yeah, it's definitely separate from the others, and I'll talk about more about that later.
1: Well, to Rob's point about the sack on Jason's head, he doesn't have a mask on, evidently people have noted that this was a look from the killer in the movie, The Town That Feared Sundown. So there, there's people saying that it could have bit that off. I kind of just think it goes with the theme that he is living out out in the woods this crazy woodsman kind of thing like he just has a I mean what else does he have lying around he's not like, gonna have a mask lying around right now we see how he gets the mask anyway so Rob shall we get into this yes definitely <laughs> We pick up with Alice, our heroine from the last movie, Adrian King. This is crazy. Evidently, Adrian King came on the set without having a script, not knowing that her character was even going to die the day that she was filming.
4: Oh, that's crazy. How do you film that? Like, I guess she can get startled right away and react, but they had to have told her before they hit
1: action, right? From what I read is they gave her parts as it was going, and by the end of the day, she just... <laughs> kind of like oh i'm dying today
4: oh well that sucks well they probably didn't want her to die because she could probably just be like well i don't want to do it if you're just gonna kill
1: me like recast me if i'm only in for the first five minutes you know it's crazy we mentioned this last week with david so evidently adrian had a stalker right after this movie and it kind of took her right out of acting gotcha and she agreed to do the sequel but you're right i wonder if she would even have agreed to do it if she had known it was going to be like for five Five minutes and then she was gonna see, die. see i
4: always think that these characters are just like look i'll be in your movie but you got to kill me off immediately like i'm not trying to make this about my life right now and i always think that way and i'm sure it, it most of the time it's not but it usually you know i just think like okay just just in me just i'm done like i want to move on so just kill me right away
1: <laughs> didn't they do that with sarah michelle geller's character in the grudge too i didn't even end up seeing the grudge too but i think they brought her back in the beginning just to kill her i hate when they do that they just bring the character back just to be like oh you were originally a part of this but you don't get a happy end.
4: well it's better in the two minutes in the beginning than the last 90 seconds of the end of the
1: movie oh my god yeah wow (laughs) that's true (laughs) that is true we find out that Alice has been going through it she's been having issues ever since she survived and matter of fact Rob as I love to say this is the longest intro ever with a recap of the they could have just played the last 10 minutes of the original. Friday the 13th at this point we see her running rolling going through it biting Pamela Voorhees hand I mean everything
4: I was trying to think if they've done a recap longer than this and maybe the one that I have in my head is this film but I could have swore there was another movie where they just re. oh no you know what it was silent night deadly night oh the sequel literally the movie. very like the entire half of the film was nothing but a recap And they just constantly kept showing clips of the first one because this guy was talking through his experience while he was in the hospital. That's a long intro that had nothing to do with the sequel. But yes, I clocked it at 6 minutes and 22 seconds of recap.
1: I'm so glad you did that.
4: Hell yeah, did that. I was really curious. I mean, aside from that creepy ass little kid playing in water in the darks, singing oh my god never in my life well he was
1: waiting for Pennywise. you that
4: kid. yeah you want to worry about little kids worry about that one jason's like you know nothing compared to that creepy ass <laughs> kid and he's just in water getting his socks wet and then he's gonna come in the house all dirt no i can't but I, <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little puzzled as to how jason knew where this woman lived yes Like, I look, I have to remember that he was a child when he died. I don't know of the actual exposure to the world that he was given through his mom, but like, I'm sure he knows how to read. I'm sure he knows how to use a telephone or whatever the case. I'm, you know, anybody can get behind a wheel and maybe drive, but it's like- Michael Myers. (laughs) Right? Where does this woman live and how the hell did he find her?
1: She has to live close by, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember from what- I think I read one of the facts last week when we recorded that- was some that her father lived in New York or something, but evidently the novelization of the first movie differed from the real script, so we'll never know how Jason found Alice. This is one of the questions I actually had for Rob, but okay, for lack of a better... (laughs) way to kill Alice. But honestly, <laughs> I
4: didn't mind this scene because I, you know, I can only imagine what it was like in theaters to watch this and think, okay, well, this final girl's gonna come back. She, She's experienced, she knows what to do and she's been through this, so it's like, yeah, let's bring her back. And they probably expected her to go through all of this shit again. Come to find out, they took her ass out immediately. And- so did
1: Adrian King, evidently. From this, like, Oh, I'm dead. Yeah.
4: Thank you. So, I mean, I'm sure it was a nice shock to everyone to find out that she wasn't going to to, you know, be in throughout the movie. You know, they Barrymore her and, you know, maybe that was a shock to people and that's what they tried to do.
1: Rob, do you like this trope though? Do you like that you when they bring back the character just to kill them? I'd rather them just have a happy ending, honestly.
4: Yes, it connects the movie. Well, I'm always gonna wonder what's going on with them. Like, um, this is a little off topic, but Danielle Harris, who is mostly known for her Holly- Halloween involvement, she actually is directing a film called Final Girls. So from what I read, it's a therapy group session of Final Girls. And it's not like the horror icon Final Girls. It's basically women who have survived horrific situations like, you know, a big massacre from a serial killer or whatnot. So all of these girls who survived get together and actually work out their wow. issues. And I, I want to say that they are going to also start dying one by one. But you always have in the back of your mind, like, what happened to you? Did you go crazy? Are you dealing with this? Like, how are you functioning? I love the fact that Lori Stroh got a 40 year, you know, arc where it was like, this woman couldn't just move on and live happily ever after. Yes. Like, you get traumatized over shit like this. So if they didn't have her in the movie, I would always wonder what happened to her. Is the answer death? Probably not. But again, it's like, we want to know how you move on from this. And so apparently she doesn't like her mom and that was it. Can you imagine that's your last conversation oh, with your mother and you die?
1: I was thinking that. I said damn, you're going to have this conversation with your mother and then you're opening the fridge and you're going to see Pamela Voorhees' head.
4: Yeah, crazy.
1: Did you think Pam's hair looked a little... <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks a little different. I think they got a different wig. I'm sorry. I do not like the hair that they use for Pamela's head on. <laughs> Too long for my taste. She has like a short hair in the original yeah
4: but i mean this big dude is super sneaky he's like a ninja i mean i don't know how he crept in that small ass apartment put the head in the fridge and hid he probably smells like (laughs) shit she didn't notice the orders at all in her house. I don't know. I know he ain't got no freshener on. I don't know what was going on. But he managed to accomplish all of this flawlessly.
1: It's from the rain. Everything just smelled terrible.
4: One other thing that I will say about the scene and then we can move on is the shower curtain. I love that reveal because the biggest thing in the too. first one was that the cameraman was the POV of the killer. And so anytime yes. that you see the camera move towards something, you think it's them. And then she opens the curtain shower curtain and her face is like right front of the camera that was pretty scary i like that jump scare i thought that was pretty cool
1: and don't you think if she really survived this this is what would really be happening to somebody in real life i think i would be doing the same thing checking continuously everything you do
4: yeah it's scary yeah we can get into like the big psychology of of this scene too because a lot of it was kind of told in the background you know she's she's channeling all of her thoughts and memories of this in art you know that's her therapeutic way of dealing with it.
1: yes I mean, there's a
4: story here. She's really going through something right now, and living alone. I don't even know how she's able to even do that. But I clocked the entire revenge carried out in <laughs> the first 12 minutes. I'm not mad at the revenge. I'm not. I think
1: it makes sense. I it I think
4: if you know, like, you killed my mom, I'm gonna have to take you out. Like, I'm. I, that's just how it is, I guess. But I didn't know he was so like. I I smart? guess smart. Well, not smart, but just conscious enough to have like a revenge feeling, because you would think he would just stick to the people that go to camp and not worry about stragglers and, you know, I gotta tie up loose ends and shit. Like, I... I don't see him that way, but I don't think he was mentally challenged either. I just think that he is just socially inept. I don't think he's, yeah, mentally challenged. I mean, because he has a a bit of deformity, but that doesn't mean that he's mentally challenged. So it's just like, you know, like maybe he's conscious enough to be like, yeah, let's just carry out a revenge. I just want to know how he got there.
1: And, And you know what? I'll give it to him too, because like you said, this isn't the zombie, Jason. Maybe as it goes on, almost when he does die and then comes back to life, it becomes more of that, like, he basically stays on the camp the camp crystal ground like yeah area around there but yeah I I agree how, I just want to know how he got here yeah which I'm sure a novel probably explains somewhere I should have researched that but that was one of and
4: and one other thing I I also wrote down that he probably likes tea because he took the, t- the the kettle off when it was because
3: oh, he, you know he had
4: you know he had himself a cup of tea before he left <laughs> he' was just sitting there <laughs> observing his work talking to his mom having a cup of tea then he left
1: <laughs> I didn't Know that Alice's body is there in that shrine later on, Rob. Did you know that skeleton is supposed to be Alice?
4: But why would it decompose
1: so quickly? Well, this is they said, five years has passed. You're right. You're right. You're right. They did
4: say five years, but then how is the head preserved?
1: Yeah, it's really like if anyone doesn't know, like there's the shrine with Pamela Vorzey's head, but there's kind of like a body against it. This is evidently officially Alice, but it's weird. Like, how did he get yeah, that body she, all the way?
4: Oh, wow. How that's did he crazy. get Back I didn't he know drives. that. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool.
1: He's holding Pam's head and I know he's carrying semantics, body. you know.
4: Like, I would
1: try Shut and up. turn this all realism or whatever while I'm watching. <laughs> right, no, but I feel like these are the most out of, I feel like going forward, the original in this movie, Rob, have the most connection in the sense of they bring back Alice. It's more still a mystery. This is before we get into Jason, the hockey mask killer. And I really think this is these two movies are separate from the whole group like these two could have worked as almost just two movies on their own
4: yeah I agree I mean we're we're definitely witnessing the psychosis of this grown man who is still tied to his mother and you know the possibility of just kind of going psycho bitch crazy over the fact that he watched his mom's head chopped off so yeah they definitely connect so i like this one so much there's so much story i just i don't know i just like it
1: it's actually one of the most well-liked out of the franchise number two is usually people's favorite which is rob's right on point This is five years later, a new summer training camp for counselors is being opened down the road from the now deserted and dilapidated Camp Crystal Lake.
4: Camp Blood.
1: Yes, Camp Blood. This makes more sense to me than opening Camp Crystal Lake again. Yeah. Because one time could have been a fluke when it happened five years earlier. Yeah, this is, no, this is not a place you need to open as a camp. There's clearly something going on here.
4: Yeah, it definitely makes sense that it's, but it's apparently very close by. Like, it's not even that far. You don't have to cross a freeway up or anything to get to it. You can literally just walk there within minutes. So...
1: It's probably on this, literally on the same campground. It's probably like, oh, there's where those bunks end, and then these... This so yeah,
4: unfortunately, great. I've never been to camp, but it shares a lake. So, I mean, a lake, I would say a body of a water that's not too big. So when you share a lake, the, the land must connect. I mean, it's not like an island. So I, I guess right. it is pretty close.
1: Ooh. So we get, though, a new group of counselors. And I have to say, much like the first movie, these counselors aren't really unlikable. Going forward, there's a lot of unlikable characters, I feel like. They become more shallow. They become nastier, more cliched, like waiting to be killed because I'm a nasty person kind of thing. These people seem real still, the group. And they all kind of have like a great dynamic. And this is a big ass. We've never seen this many counselors, I feel like, in scenes yeah in a friday movie
4: were you disappointed that you didn't get a higher body count given how much ammunition
1: was in there i'm surprised and i didn't remember that half the the counselors were dancing the night away i guess yeah but yeah i am surprised that how how small the body count is
4: that's why i really love that scene where it's time to go out of town like okay we did a little training here a little there now tomorrow everything begins this is your last chance To have fun and get out there And everybody's like yeah I want to go I want to go to town And then the camera just slowly goes over Everyone who's there And then one by one you just hear The people who have decided to stay behind And it's like all of you have just Signed your fate for not wanting To go out drinking like can you Imagine that is the pinnacle Of your life is deciding if you want to Go out or not like that's it and it's Just so crazy it was like okay there's Your body count and then they have like a Shot where all of them are in the same frame and you're just Mm. like... This is the last time all of you guys will be alive and together all at the same time. And it just sucks. It just sucks because it's such an innocent, like, normal day for them. Nobody's thinking about Jason. They all just kind of want to... One wants to be by his crush. Another one was punished. And they couldn't go out because they fucked up earlier in the day. And the other one had no fucking choice because he's banned to a wheelchair. And he's in But train- that like that that girl... And the girl wanted to stay with him. It's just these... Little small decisions that can change your life. And it just sucked. But I just liked how the scene was executed. It's just like, oh, you're dead. Oh, you're dead. Oh, you want to stay? You're dead. You know, just sucks.
1: Did you think at some point, like, I don't know if you could think back to God the first time you saw this, but I always thought that somehow some of them were going to come back and then end up getting like the second half were going to get wiped out. But,
4: you know, to be honest, especially in the 80s, a body count of at least three, maybe four, but at least three is actually good. I mean you're lucky to get at least three people dying in a slasher film to be honest because depending on the dynamics how you know they the scare tactic or whatever if it's just like a bloodbath then yes kill as many people but this movie still tried to scare you with suspense and I think just this long slow burn of of them you know creeping and hiding and just you know whatever like you lose some of that time to actually execute a murder. And so the fact yes. that we got
1: six is actually pretty good. Including our crazy Ralph from the first movie comes back to do his crazy Ralphness and just warn these kids that they're all doomed. Told the others, they didn't believe me. You're all doomed. You're all doomed.
4: Uh, AKA The Harbinger is what they call him. Yes. <laughs> Every slasher film has The Harbinger, one that warns everyone what you're getting into, and if you die it's because you chose. Nobody forced you. Somebody's always going to give you that option to just turn back and go home. I asked
1: this to David last episode. Was he Roma Downey? Was he a messenger sent, an angel sent to warn them? Because they ended up dying that night that he does warn these kids. Or, is he just happened to be right? Is there something all that this is all, Sarah, this all is meant to happen, as we always like to say say he every time he comes around though and warns kids they die so something about ralph coming around.
4: i think ralph being the voice of reason or you know the The person who warns everyone. Very important. But then they turned him into a creeper. And it's like, look, (laughs) go ahead and spread the gospel. Get everybody scared of me. But if you're going to be creeping around and being peeping Toms and shit, then I'm going to have to take your ass out because you're being nasty. You know, I warned you stay out of my fucking way. Stay out of my way because I don't know if the film tried to hint that he might be the new Jason. I was like, just get rid of him. I was actually glad when they got rid of Crazy Ralph. I was over it. I was like, you're not fooling anybody that this could be the new killer, but he was just a creeper. He was just annoying. I said, just just go, him and his bicycle.
1: Again, ties to the original. They're like, oh, we got this one character, Ralph. He was so important. We got to bring him back again.
4: I just, I don't know what he does for a living or if he lives nearby, but he just loves being around all this crap when he's like telling everybody else to stay away. Like, what are
1: you doing around? I don't know. It was time for him to go. It's like these people that you always wonder that are too invested in other people's lives. Like, yes, okay, yeah, you're trying to save people. that's nice but what do you care like to go drive your bike all the way to Camp Crystal Lake yeah wherever you come from
4: but as much as I was okay with him you know dying in this movie he's actually not the worst character in this movie i am giving that i'm giving it to paul our head counselor he is a oh you
1: think you you think paul is the worst i did not
4: like paul i did not like him in this movie i don't know why the the time that i watched this um earlier this week paul is a dick i just i don't know look i understand that he is a
1: pretty boy
4: he's you know the head counselor he has to make sure everything goes right it was the way that he condescend in front of the other counselors and jenny when she arrives i thought that was bullshit and then and just the way that he kind of like mansplained himself a little bit throughout this movie it was just a little I don't know her opinion just didn't matter to him that I've noticed he was probably a sweetheart to her but at the same time I just didn't find him to be a fun character and I really didn't expect him to live the way that he was coming off
1: yes he's unconfirmed because we don't know what happens to him yeah we assume because I mean we'll get into the ending later but he's there and then is he's he died I don't
4: know he just seems like a character that would ease easily die in the middle of the movie
1: exactly the one of the first you would think one of them maybe the third because he's a
4: you know a love interest see and this is the thing in my horror podcast i said this i was like if you want to live you have to be dating the le- the final girl you have to be related to her or the gay best friend and that in that order and he says it on his
1: podcast too though but if you're the best friend though you're low
4: yeah you're very low like you have to make sure you that the work sibling in the <laughs> in the, the love interests are either evil people are out of the way they that that better your chances of surviving but because he's a love interest he gets to live but then there's also this idea of the rescuer too you know Yes, and i'm not saying that he shouldn't have been but i think she was kind of handling it just fine without him you know so
1: i gotta say Jenny in this movie. It's on Ginny, right? It is Ginny, Jenny? Ginny. It is. It is. Yeah. Gin- oh, it's with Ginny. an
4: I. G-G-I-N-N-Y.
1: Oh. oh, Ginny. So Ginny is late. And Rob's right. Paul gives her the rundown. I guess he wants to show off to these other counselors that he's in command here. So it is hinted, right, that they are sleeping with each other. Almost like this is a parallel to Alice, who they kind of in the original one person who was trying to start Camp Crystal Lake up again. I forgot. I know his last name is Christy something. You could tell continuity I could just remember from last week just watching this (laughs) movie how well but Alice the lead from the original one had a thing going on with the guy who was opening the camp so it's like a mirror image again yeah these things are happening and matter of fact I feel like Ginny rides through the town that we see in the original one as well really quickly there's like a diner a gas station where crazy Ralph is Rob is part of your love for this movie the character of Ginny and how smart she is. I think she's one of the smartest final girls.
4: I mean, I-, I will say that part two was actually one of my least favorites when I was watching this series as a kid. This movie grew on me every time I rewatched it. And aside from the brilliant jump scares that I thought they had, the look of Jason with his sack head, but the final girl in Amy Steele, you know, she also was our lead in um, April Fool's Day. And I just love how tough as nails as she is. But she's also like a jokester. She, you know, knows how to have fun. But she also speaks her mind, you know, when she's hiding. And I've said this, Mm. at least to myself, but I've said this when I like about final girls are ones who know how to be tactful in their fear. So she definitely yells when she's startled or whatever. But when it's time to hide, she's not sitting there holding in her sniffles and her crying and her breathing, you know, like when it's time to shut the fuck up, shut up. You know, like if you're going to hide, if you're going to run away, like be quiet about it. But you'll also see later in the movie, you know, she's bringing the fight to Jason. We're getting POVs.
1: We're
4: we're getting POVs of Jason going around searching for this hidden assailant that's going to come out and get him. You know, it's usually the other way around. And that was the one thing that I liked about this is that it wasn't always, you know, the victim goes and hides and waits for the killer to find them. Like Jason... (laughs) Jason had some searching to find like it, it, I just liked how she handled herself You know she grieved and she cried when she Had to and then when she had to be quiet she, she, she Zipped it she was you know so you brought up The
1: scene let's just cut to it when she's Hiding under the bed does Ginny Pee out of fear or is it the rat This has been a conversation that's been Going I, I, on no, over the years
4: I didn't know that rats Can pee that much and then I, I
1: Swear I've seen this online people Say it's the rat that's I her. do not Think it's the rat.
4: no it's Her it's her she's super scared and instead of yelling and crying she is letting you know she's letting go of her bells because yeah there's a rat literally in her face while she's hiding the woman is scared so
1: you've never heard th- I literally over the years I've, I've seen never They're like it's the rat that pees I was like no it's gonna come to her wait for her and just pee so
4: that was a heavy <laughs> flow if that was the rat I've never seen her a- but I've never seen a rat pee so
1: I don't know but <laughs> I'm glad we put that to bed if anyone has questions it it wasn't the rat that peed. <laughs> oh my god, Rob. We also have a counselor that brings a dog this time to the camp. And did you like this scene where they show the dog missing and then all of a sudden it shows them cooking hot dogs? <laughs> so horrible. <laughs>
4: And, you know, I don't know if it's shenanigans to have this, like, ball of fur on the ground with some, like, cover. Yes! Like, I don't know what other animal that could have been along with that some, That was like-
1: supposed to be that dog. I'm sorry. Because when Muffin
4: shows up, she has the blue bow in her head. Yes. So it's like, you couldn't even take the bow off and made it look like that the bow came off. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Muffin
1: was living the best life. She was probably in some kind of spa in the camp she was not having no she
4: it. smelled that shit a mile away and was like this fucking killer is about to kill all you bitches I'm going over here until this blows over and then I'm coming back to camp she looked at Jason once and was like I'm <laughs> out. you remember when they met yes she yes. was like uh-uh, I ain't fucking around with this I'm out I am out
1: so did Jason okay so now that we know that muffin really isn't killed because muffin comes at the end in one of the scares but, but
4: is she though so I don't know how you want to jump around but we can all also talk about the fact of how much of that ending actually happened
1: Mm, oh oh ooh, okay so we can actually we
4: so i also wrote here that not only does jason like tea that he's also a fan of animals and he likes dogs we're assuming so here's the thing (laughs) Ginny comes back from the bar and she obviously finds a bloody mess in one of the bedrooms hinting that some shit's gone down she's with paul and oh my god i love this scare because jenny is in the back just witnessing this entire thing in the span of the room yes and she's like somebody is in this room with us and then out comes a figure and she yells it out again
1: and so paul oh, i love yeah, that that was great yes.
4: wasn't that great and so you
1: feel it feels real
4: yeah, Rob, when definitely real that. someone
1: said this wrong yeah like,
4: exactly <laughs> <laughs> So Paul and Jason have a struggle, and they kind of wrestle behind this couch. And from Jenny's point of view, we don't see who won the battle. She's calling out Paul's name. Jason rises up so we can assume that Paul is either knocked out or dead. I think Paul's dead so we go through this entire chase scene she goes through hell and high water to survive and that includes putting on a dead person's sweater and taking the huge risk of pretending to be the man's mother in order to get by him I mean this was some heavy risk taking right now like I just can't believe the balls on her but this is why I love her so much you know fast forward to the end they they get to back into a cabin and then all of a sudden Paul Is alive and he comes in. He's like, Jenny, and then he wrestles them again. And then again, he yeah, I thought
1: he was dead the first time. Yeah,
4: and then they wrestle again, and then he disappears again. And then again, it what happens is while they're fighting, Jenny takes a a machete into his shoulder and like deep roots it into his bones. He goes down, and then Paul and Jenny go back to the cabin and they find Muffin. Muffin comes out the door and they treat it as a jump scare because something's scratching at the door and then as Muffin approaches Jenny Jason plows through the window gives the biggest jump scare that I think in history is one of the best I've ever seen combined. With the music combined with the camera angles, the slow motion, everything, you even got to see his face in full force. Like if you wanted to know what was under that sack head, you got to see it and it was right there. I would love to see this in theaters. I love the
1: reveals. I love the face reveals when you get them. That
4: music and everything was just perfect. It was perfect. But after that, it fades to white. She wakes up in a hospital gurney and then she's calling out Paul's name. We don't know where Paul is. Here's the thing what actually happened? How did she survive that jump scare? You know, is this I know what you did last summer when she jumps through the <laughs> where he jumps through the shower door? Like, yeah, it must have been some kind of dream. Did she go a little crazy? But how far do we go back? Maybe that was Muffet. Who was torn to bits, and we never got muff. Maybe this was her trying to channel some happier ending where something else happened. Did she get knocked out Ooh. at some point? We never know what happened Ooh. to Paul. So, at what point do you think was it all real or did it really all play out? But again, how did she escape that? When did the cops in the hospital come? Like, all of that can be questioned. So, the idea is to get back to the point is that Muffin actually could have died and she never came at the end because it looked like her on the ground, it looked like the dog on the ground
1: Uh, exactly they made it so i mean i guess you wanted to look somewhat like the character that you you wanted to look like a dead dog but what like rob said earlier what are the odds that another small white dog was killed it wasn't like a rat it wasn't a rabbit it wasn't like a animal from the woods the ribbon was there so yeah right if they would have had it that the ribbon was loose too like you said and somehow it got loose and blew to the corpse yeah Yeah, but this is again the mirror of the original one with Alice in the canoe all calm. This is Muffin coming. She goes, Muffin! Like, it's like she sees this dog. It saved her life almost. Muffin! So it's happy that music and Rob said, boom! He grabs her. It's like Jason grabbing Alice in the beginning and taking her underwater. And they just wake up. So yes, do all the final girls just at this point lose their minds? (laughs) By the last 10 minutes?
4: I don't know. I mean, it's a very traumatic thing, right? But, you know, these movies so far have made very ambiguous endings to, I guess, further expand the franchise and give people more reasons to have a sequel because there wasn't no final showdown that was carried out. So now that we're like, oh, we don't know what happened. Let's just make another one now.
1: <laughs> the sequel, sequel. I really enjoy that they set the car not working Ginny's car early on. It's actually a thing. It is not a horror movie trope that all of a sudden the car does not start. She's literally late because her car car isn't working and then she keeps trying to get the car to start so that to me is great writing because it sets it up like as the character arrives she was late because her car doesn't work so when she goes back later and the car isn't working yes it makes sense it's not magical the car stopped working now which was what we'll get in future movies with jason
4: so yeah I think you have a real good point there and I also love that how it was executed because they even made it into a joke on how she pretended the car (laughs) wouldn't start Yes, the whole time it did work at least for that moment and you know she got back at Paul for making her look like shit for arriving late so I love that and that again just says more about how awesome the Ginny character is
1: to add even more Rob the only way we got to the Pamela Voorhees disguise is because Ginny she really thought about the whole thing about Jason and his mother. Because when they have that thing where they're talking about Jason around the campfire to get it over with, okay, we're going to bring it up. And then that's the last I want to hear. Like, it's this thing. She was asking questions and she was like, well, it must be because he saw the death of his mother. She's smart enough to even think of these things. So when it happens later, again, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden she just thinks, oh, I'm going to put this dead woman's.
4: And pretend to be the mom.
1: Yeah. It makes sense that she at least has thought of a psychological reason for all
4: of this well I think it's actually kind of a fun conversation to be like oh this urban legend ooh, is kind of creepy but if you really break it down and have this shit really happen this is you know and she feels sorry for Jason at the same time because he didn't choose this life you know I mean it's just a very unfortunate event that happened and all of these people are now paying for it just being at the wrong place at the wrong time which I this is another reason why I love this movie is because I love all of the counselors. All of them. Mm-hmm. You know oh, yes, well. Aside from Paul. But I just think they're all just really cool people. They're not overly sexed. They're 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 just living their best lives. Nobody was in here being a nymphomaniac and it wasn't like thrown into your face. But the whole idea of like sex kills you and all that stuff was pretty brought out. But everybody did their normal amount of like flirting. Couples didn't cheat on each other. Like they were just having a good time, but playing the pranks, all of the dad jokes that they were saying throughout the whole movie. <laughs> Everybody looked like they were having fun. I just loved these group of people. I just thought they were all fun.
1: When you, and when you like the characters, it's even worse when they're being killed off one by one. Like we mentioned earlier, there's a character Mark that is in a wheelchair and this one other counselor, she sees past that. Yeah. I love that her character is not caring that he's in a wheelchair or not. She wants to get to know him. She stays well, they're supposed to have this night out. And to your point, Rob asked me yesterday, like, would you have stayed in or out I would have been dead Because I would have stayed home
4: I wouldn't have gone out I honestly think at that moment, I wouldn't have gone out. You know, I'm already away from home. It depends how many people I knew. If I didn't know that many people at camp, I wouldn't have gone out. Had I known a lot of them, I would have been like, oh yeah, let's go out and have fun. I totally would oh, have done that. But hi
1: Rob, I would have been fighting Jason with Muffy.
4: Yeah, but <laughs> I, would have, I would have chilled in my cabin or my room or whatever the whole time and just hung out because I'm, I'm not about the beer life. I can't <laughs> with beer, like, yeah, can't do it. And if I was gay too... Like, Like, I'm not trying to kick it at some straight bar with all of these people. Like, no. Well,
1: how do you know all those counselors?
4: mm I know, right? Who knows? But
1: I'm looking at them. Not all of them can be straight. But on
4: top (laughs) but on top of that too, like they were most of them were really hot. Like women and men. They were just a good attractive bunch that I liked in this movie. Of
1: course, of course. You know you're gonna get especially as the series goes on, you're gonna get attractive counselors slash teens. And they just get better looking and better looking, I feel like as these series go on and they move past but I mean we have normal everyday people mixed in. You get the geek or the one that's a little awkward and this and that. But do you think it almost changes the fact that the people that went out were the partiers, the drinkers, and they all survived? Yeah. So the people that chose to stay home, yes, one couple was having sex, but they weren't doing drugs. They weren't doing- That's the other thing. It's like- vicky and mark didn't even have sex and they still
4: got taken out well let's talk about the kills you know like what what did you like the kills
1: that were executed we get alice with the ice pick in her head
4: yeah they didn't show anything so that was kind of a missed opportunity but very visually gross at the same
1: time who has an ice pick anymore (laughs) <laughs> right, this wouldn't be a kill anymore. No one's dying with an ice pick anymore. Least, Sharon hopefully. Stone. Well, that's the big, yeah, and that's the biggest one. True. Crazy Ralph. He gets killed with barbed wire. Barbed wire. That was kind of inventive. I like that. Oh, I forgot the deputy. The deputy. The hammer up. in the head.
4: Okay, so here's the thing with uh. the deputy. This was our first glimpse at Sackhead. Like, we didn't know (laughs) exactly what Jason was going to look like. And it's really quick, but he runs across the road as he's patrolling, and you see that he's wearing some kind of bag over his head. But we still don't get a clear shot. And I was like, "Oh, okay, so that's your first look. It is very creepy. And as a cop, he did his job, and he stopped, and he went to go get him, because he's not supposed to be there. So, But he finds all that shit, and then he gets a hammer in the head. So his reaction, his face when he died that was creepier than jason this face that he gave i was like oh my god you're
1: creepy (laughs) looking like that deputy winslow by the way oh really you know another winslow that was his last last name that's funny (laughs) oh my god we also got scott who gets his throat slit
4: oh okay so scott is the hottest guy there and we don't get to see He's the one with the most clothes on. Like, what a disservice. He's such a handsome oh, man, though.
1: still to today.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Why didn't he have his clothes on?
4: I don't know. I Maybe he didn't want to outshine the actual stars of the movie. Who knows, to be honest. But he is the only... We didn't get to see any of Jesse. Like, we got a little bit when he arrived, because he had, like, an open-button shirt or whatever. But he was the suave one. You know, still kind of played it cool. <laughs> you know, he wasn't an overbearing, like creeper or whatever but yeah he tried to you know but that's the thing he stayed behind because he had a crush on this girl and he kept messing with her or whatever but yeah that sucked for him they did show the 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 things
1: with the throat always get me i hate slicing throats like on visually and then they always show it opening yeah so the next kill is Mark Jarvis. You like that his last name I know, Jarvis is right? A very common name that comes up in this place. Okay. Yeah. But Mark gets the machete to the face, For but no then he reason. rolls down the stairs
4: where did those flight of stairs come from did you <laughs> I love how it just it just magically appeared that these stairs were right there for him to fall down I mean the like,
1: longest set
4: everybody got killed from. instantly this man needed to and he was still alive when he went down those stairs I mean it's horrible that's the thing
1: they made them suffer they's like well he's in a wheelchair so we can't just we can't bypass this way to be able to kill this man even worse it's
4: because pale him. it's because he was able to like kick everybody's ass at arm wrestling. So he's not like that defenseless So I love that They were like we can kill him even though he's in a wheelchair Because he's not that weak um, Even though you're not weak when you're in a wheelchair But I'm just saying it's like he no, can't but fight for himself working. Yeah he can't fight for himself In a wheelchair against Jason But like we'll justify his death Because he's still you know a man He can still take down arm wrestling And yeah it's whatever Well what is
1: that movie Rob Knack and Me Where the kid is like goes over with the wheelchair There's like a movie famously Where there's a wheelchair shot yeah,
4: no, I know what you're talking about.
1: This flight stays like Rob said. There's a lot of stairs here. It's Where just unfortunate.
4: Come- but yeah. I will say this. Mark, it's kind of on him because... She was giving signs like day one. You could have hit that anytime and you just he's kept prolonging. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of is that he's a gentleman. He didn't he just assumed that nobody was gonna be into him or whatever. But like if he had just caught yes, on earlier, what they could have hooked up so earlier if he had just like given into the flirtation because it was so obvious.
1: She gave him that look. Yeah. I mean, like she's like, I'm gonna stay home. Yeah. And looked at him like... And he was like, suit
4: yourself. And I'm like lord oh yeah
1: hint. he said that get the
4: hand get the hint. but it was cute i like those two and vicky was such a nice girl such a nice girl this i love her okay so vicky she is our conduit to where we finally get to see Sackhead in all of his form pops yes. out of bed we finally get to see what he looks like i don't know if first impressions of a man with a bag over his head with one eye hole i don't know <laughs> if that translated well but i thought it was creepy but the only thing i thought of is like this whole damn time you've been killing bitches splattering blood everywhere living in the woods yes and that bag was clean as shit like does he have like three or four of them on him and he just switches them out like that bag was
1: clean
4: <laughs> i was like how did you do all of it and not dirty up
1: that bag at all would you have preferred it to be more burlappy, so it didn't have that like white
4: it would look kind of itchy i don't know it's very scarecrow i i I actually, I kind of actually like the normal bag, you know, like he's, he's very resourceful. He's just picking up where he goes. He's learning as he goes along. He doesn't know what he wants to do. He just knows he needs to cover his face. You know, he could have put on that monster mask later on in the movie. He could have oh, done that. But
1: Yeah. Could that have been in Alice's house? Could he have gotten like a pillowcase or something from her house? That could be it Because too. Where did he get this clean cloth from that? Yeah. Like Rob's saying, living in the woods, killing people. Jeff and Sandra. This is the shish kebab.
4: They like, were so cute is. together too. I like them. That couple. This is
1: like close to the Kevin Bacon kill almost yes. in the original where yeah. it impaled mm-hmm. through the oh yeah. Damn.
4: Yeah, very good. So yeah, they have their moment, they're fun, and then in a moment of cuddling embrace, they die. Like sucks. Sucks. These people are just living their lives. They're not doing anything to nobody. It just suck. Yeah,
1: you get that they-, they possibly were a couple even. They just love each other. They just, I'm really going deep with this. So what, you, even sad, so
4: what do you think about this? Cause so this is our first Jason, right? Jason may not have the exact same motivations as his mom. She's obviously triggered by seeing sex all the time. It's a reminder <laughs> that yeah. that's what you'd rather do instead of watching kids drown, you know, and saving them or whatever. So
1: right? is right.
4: he being triggered by the same things? Like, is, does he have this thing about seeing like sexual psychological yeah, psycholo- like seeing sexuality played out or you know, can they survive if they actually do their job? Like what what is it that's triggering? Or it's just the fact that they're just on the grounds. I don't
1: know. That's what always upsets me, that these people who like a Vicky, nothing wrong. Yeah. That's what it like. I would say, yeah, the sex. But continue, Robby. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Well, I mean,
4: you know, she's kind of walking around half naked. It's implied that she obviously is going to be promiscuous this night, you know? So I don't know. So I I don't know. I I wonder what it is that's triggering him, except for you're a teen. You're on this campground. I'm just reliving the past. I want to take you all out because you're trying to be a counselor and we don't, I don't know. So it's it's just interesting, but it sucks that we never really got motivation. But again, it's more of that scary trope, like, you know, you can't be having sex because when you do, that's when you die. So I'm assuming that's what's being played out.
1: Do you think almost, Rob, that after Alice, had these kids not gone to this area, maybe it would have ended with her?
4: With Alice, you mean?
1: With Alice, like, unless someone stumbled upon the, like, I feel like Jason was just lying dormant, evidently living in Camp Crystal Lake in that little house. I
4: think he was definitely in his own sanctuary, you know, just, you know, stay away from the woods. You know, he went out purely for revenge, because he could have easily stayed in town, killed more people. So he's not a, I guess he's not a serial killer. He's not choosing to kill people. It's just, stop trespassing, and I won't touch you. I'm just living my best life with my mama. You know, just leave us alone.
1: Just to get back to that scene for one more minute with the head of Pamela. That could have gone
4: so wrong. He He questions it like twice. You know, she had to raise her voice for her point to get across. Jason, mother is talking to you. Jason, mother is talking to you. Like, bitch, don't let me put you over my knee. Like, seriously, she almost failed. You know what this sweater means. Yeah, she almost failed. This is your mother's sweater but I mean she understood her target she knew exactly what was going on and and yeah it could have gone either way and it just sucks that you know she just moved a little to the right and it but he puts up.
1: two and two together he's like oh no
4: yeah but he kneeled down he was ready to like do whatever mom said and I don't know what she was gonna do but it's like why didn't she go for the head
1: would she have killed him would she have beheaded him I wonder. she
4: had uh, actually a couple of choice like opportunities to take him out you know i wrote here in my notes i was like during this last chase scene she has the chainsaw i don't know if she officially cut him with it but he ends up on the ground and instead of taking the chainsaw and cutting off like a foot or something she takes a chair and beats him with it and then runs and i'm like no this is the time you need to just take a life i'm sorry i know that nobody initially or inherently can just kill on a whim yeah but Right, I right. think this is the actual time you need to take a life if you want to live. Because here's the thing. Let me hit you with a chair. You're maybe knocked out. Where are you going to go? Where is she going to go for safety? That she, she's exactly. not going to... It's just such a weird thing that she chose. Her car don't start, clearly. It's just weird she chose not to kill him. She had a chainsaw. And she took a chair <sighs> instead. Like, it's just weird. But she takes the machete and gets him in the shoulder and not in the head. Like, <laughs> you want to make sure this man is done it's, it's just the choices. The choices is very alarming.
1: Do you think had she had seen him without the, sack, the get up yeah. on that it might have been like, okay, this is a creature. It almost like humanizes the person still because she can't see the face. But still, yeah, like this is the point that you have to either say me or this person. Yeah. Or at least throw so much on that person that bury them with everything. I don't even know. No, I guess you would just have to kill them.
4: Yeah, but um, like you radical
1: <laughs> one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but like you said, this was a very nice closing arc to this storyline. You know, we got a huge understanding as to why Jason is so infatuated with his mom. You know, she says this line: "He never had any friends. She was all that he had."
1: Yes,
4: and that's such and an that important happens. line. Yeah, and so that I, happens. I like how this ended and even with that big jump scare the knife was still in his body when he came after her like so good you know what I'm just such a masochist I actually replayed that jump scare like three times in a row I just it's, it's, I just like how it's shot it's just it just
1: looks so good the way really, that it was executed it's a Great shot. even it really is
4: even that pan shot where she's locked herself in the bathroom and she doesn't know if he left and she's trying to reach for the window to escape and then he comes the window like I love that, that was too. great that was great so like i said overall i love the jump scares i i think this movie is very subtle and it's not over which i think down the line is what happened to these films is that it just kept putting these one-dimensional characters who all they want to do is get laid there was no substance to most of them and i i just like the the character of jenny and just how strong she was and again the kills i think were fun and i enjoyed all the count i just overall just think this movie was just well executed it just sucks we didn't get backstory and explanation to some of the plot holes
1: truly well written I agree Rob's right I feel like especially this one adds to the mythos of Jason and these little things like Rob was saying when she says his mother was all it's so true it's if you that's all you had it makes sense for this to if you had to continue this franchise this would be the natural progression because in the first one honestly Jason is a sympathetic character Character because he had nothing to do with like he was just this poor child that drowned because the counselors weren't paying attention but then you can you still feel bad too is this just someone who snapped after they saw his mother die not that of course you can forgive someone for doing all this especially what happens well, continuously yeah after I mean this, that's like. the
4: thing it's like well, did they know about each other was he you know did she know that he was still alive we don't know so that's one of the things that I would have loved to find out as, as the story went on but you Read something that you sent me That I thought was so fascinating So what was that that you read about
1: Of course we end up with a part Three if Ginny was Actually asked to come back Maybe she heard about what happened with Alice Rob Wait you're gonna ask me to come back and then What you're gonna kill me? Exactly But Steel feared being typecast And declined the offer But it was gonna be basically Ginny in a mental hospital And then Jason was going to Come seek her to kill her in this mental hospital so Halloween 2 mm-hmm. basically almost as well which I wonder is another reason why they might have changed it it says now the actress actually says she regrets not oh, doing
4: it but do we want him killing off grounds though it's it's the woods it's the camp it's the ambiance it's, the, it's the, the woods is technically a character in itself like do we want him out yes. there killing in different areas I don't know if I would have liked him going to a hospital taking out people I don't know this just I I don't know, unless at some point they ended up back at camp for some reason. But you know, I was reading the article that you sent. And I love the story and the scenario that was played out because we also got closure on Paul in this scenario
1: we do see that Jason I guess is willing to leave the camp to get the the girl this is what is this one his one of his like once a year outings that he will leave to get the final girl that got away Mm -hmm. but a little more Rob another plot was to have she says have PTSD and she was going to be flashing back and forth to Jason attacking her and everyone was making fun of her and then she was going to have a roommate this is what the actress says it's in hey Jenny can I borrow your car the red vulcan. Volkswagen? And I said, sure, because Ginny didn't go out at night anymore. And then my roommate took the car out. In the meantime, I'm doing laundry because it's Friday. Of course, everyone does their laundry on Friday. I go downstairs to do the laundry, open the dryer, and Paul's head is in the dryer. Crazy. The love interest from Part Two. So yes, this would have cleared up. So crazy. Cleared it up. And
4: then it said something about like the roommate dying because Jason sort of just killed whoever was in the car because that's her car. I think I read that, and I was like, "Well." And then
1: Ted. forgot this? that's drop. right ted. ted
4: comes back i love ted 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 was so cool ted is
1: the character that survives i guess basically because he's at the bar and he's the goofy character yeah but ted and i start a wild goose chase because we know jason's out there and we start hunting him down i think that's cool in a one way and now the plot of halloween kills did they say this is what's going to happen or Halloween ends? They're going to like seek out Michael Myers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to end up at the hospital for a little bit and then probably bring the fight to him or something like that. I, t- if I was Ted, I would not involve myself in that damn drama. I had nope. nothing to do with it. But, you know, as a friend, Bye. you know, <laughs> sorry, but no, I like Ted too. So yeah, that would have been an interesting story. But again, just taking Jason out of out of the equation of the camp is just I don't know if I like that, but the idea of bringing Jenny back, I guess get it very cool
1: or rob to your point starts there and then ginny and ted go to camp crystal lake yeah and then if that's how it would have ended i might have been okay with that yeah but we'll never know too bad that's one of those things when the actress is now kicking herself mm-hmm. <laughs> so rob part two of this franchise Oh, gosh, it's going to change from here.
4: Yes, it is. So you have fun with part three because that is my le- <laughs> that is one of my least favorite sequels. I actually reviewed this on movie you Can proud, but it was on Patreon. So not many people really know my opinion of this, but um, it'll be really interesting to hear what you guys think of it next week, because I didn't really like the ch- uh, character in this movie. And it also goes into a point because you guys are going to discuss how this girl got away he never went after her.
1: Never did. No.
4: Why was Alice seeked after, but now, well, I mean, she killed the mom. But like they didn't go after Jenny, but
1: Jenny got away. Yeah, yeah.
4: So yeah, it'll be interesting to hear what you guys think of part three.
1: I know you're going to be back for a Tommy Jarvis number adult. Definitely.
4: Definitely. Yeah. Come back to movie game proud next Wednesday. I have an all new episode. Uh, yes, I am keeping it family and friendly, but for next week, I am doing a summer camp horror film called sleep away camp. I will be reviewing the film with another person podcaster from the Real Feels podcast and that posts uh, next Wednesday. So tune in for that on Movie Geek and Proud.
1: And then come back Friday for another murder at Camp Crystal Lake with Radical Retro Rewind. (laughs) You could always find Rob at Movie Geek and Proud but as well you could find him weekly.
4: Uh, Brunch with the Hollowells, the uh, Charm Podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, BWTH Podcast and Instagram is Brunch with the Hollowells, all one word.
1: Thank you guys. We will be back next week with all new episodes on both of our respective podcasts. Thank you as always for listening and enjoy your summer.